Hello and welcome to the Crystal Podcast on iCode Media. Today, what I wanted to do was talk about the news that the FDA has cleared the at-home vision test uh, that was developed by Visibly. And so that was news this past week. And I want to talk about what an at-home vision test could be used in, in the legitimate uh, practice of caring for patients, and then maybe how Visibly is using this technology to renew prescriptions, which is nothing new. And uh, and then also kind of talk about the differences between FDA cleared and FDA approved and FDA registered. And so those are all nuances that I think are important and, and things that we should be able to understand and communicate with our patients. And so as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. So today I want to talk about the MyDay Multifocal for just a second. It has been a really great thing in our practice for our patients who are presbyopes of all areas, but you know those tricky presbyopes are always the ones that are kind of emerging, where they don't want to give up any of their faraway vision, but they're having some struggles up close. And so what uh, the MyDay Multifocal has been able to do for us is to allow those patients to transition into a multifocal more easily. And then as we have those patients progress into other levels where they need more ad powers, it's been a nice smooth transition. So the ultimate hurdle that we've seen in our practice before the MyDay Multifocal was that we'd have patients who would resist any transition to a multifocal lens because of that distance blur. We just haven't seen that. So if you haven't started using MyDay Multifocal in your practice, I would encourage you to start, check it out, uh, contact, reach out to your Cooper reps for those trial lenses uh, and commit to MyDay Multifocal for your patients. I think they're going to like it. If you haven't checked out Mackie Health yet for your patients in category one through category four, I think there's a lot of evidence that you should be considering. The first is if we just look at AREDS 2 and what they, they talk about, Mackie Health is a, so for patients in category three and category four um, AMD, Mackie Health is a great option for them that follows that entire, um, that entire protocol. And it also adds mesozeaxanthine to the mix, which if you look at some of the evidence, I believe shows me that it's going to thicken the macular pigment better than without mesozeaxanthine. It also uses the a correct AREDS2 dose of zinc uh, at 25 milligrams. And so you don't have to worry so much about the potential side effects of zinc. The other thing to, to think about, and it's beyond the scope of this, although you've probably heard me talk on other podcasts, is that in patients in category one and two, there may be some additional benefit uh, to supplementing them with something that may be a little bit less than the AREDS2, so you don't have to add as much to it. And that's where I use the Mackie Health LMZ3. And so I think if you haven't done this yet, I'd consider Mackie Health in your practice and for your patients. And it's been great for my patients, and, um, and we really feel like we can have the ability to uh, help those patients in all categories of macular degeneration. Okay, so let's get right into it. Um, big headline this last week was that the FDA clears an at-home visual acuity test that is manufactured by Visibly. Uh, specifically, when you look at, at what the FDA says, it says, quote, that this device does not provide screening or diagnosis of eye health or other diseases, does not replace the eye health exam with a licensed provider, which is what the FDA has, has said. What, if, we, if we read the press release from Visibly, obviously it, it talks about the fact that a completed vision test results are made available to eye care professionals immediately and securely, helping them evaluate the best course of action for each patient. And that kind of leads me into thinking about how this would be a, applied in a practical standpoint. So let's say I had a patient that 
was remote that we were providing telehealth services to, and I wanted to get a really accurate measurement of their visual acuity. It might be nice to be able to uh, send that patient a link and that patient would be um, provided with a process where they could check their visual acuity. Now, this could be done probably much more simply where you could provide a PDF, email that to that patient. That patient could uh, use it at 100%, say on their Zoom, on their computer, walk away 10 feet or 20 feet, however you've calibrated that PDF file to be. And then that patient could simply read off um, read off on the screen. Now, the downside with that more simplistic version would be that the, you'd have to trust that the patient could see what they could see or you'd have to trust what they reported to you. Presumably that patient would tell you, but, but there's, some, there's some room for error there, whereas the visibly model forces that patient to see, to respond based on their phone. And you have to, and, and, and that model kind of forces that patient to be able to see that. On the downside is that uh, from, from a visibly model, and I've said this before, is that if you have a patient that has uncorrected hyperopia uh, and there are significant presbyope, they're gonna have a challenge being able to see clearly uh, at near, uh, potentially. And so it may it's, it's hard to be able to assess whether or not the patient can see clearly up close, although they can make those optotypes so large that it's probably practically not a huge issue. Now, that would be a legitimate use of the visibly technology if you were kind of monitoring a patient's vision at home. Uh, I think there's other ways, but I think it, it, it can be used that way. But I wanna look at how visibly is using it. And so when you look at that model, they're sort of using this back-end um, visual acuity test at home to kind of online take their test review your prescription. And so essentially what they're relegating a prescription renewal to is um, how well you can read a chart. And we all know that patients may be able to see 2020 on a line. It's not sharp 2020. Uh, may not even be in a great 2020. But essentially what, what they're saying is as long as you can see a certain threshold, we're going to renew your prescription. Or we're going to use this in, in combination with other things like questionnaires, medical history, ocular history, uh, symptoms, um, and then initial acuity through that, and we're gonna make some other modifications. And that's in fact what, what I think, uh, what, what I am interpreting visibly to be using. So they'll take a visual acuity measurement with your prescription on, they will um, provide some other uh, forced choice options to see what may or may not be better. And then the physician on the other side is deciding whether or not that is an appropriate uh, modification. So the things to think about, one would be, okay, so it's, it's a purely subjective refraction. And then the other thing to know is that it is, um, you know, there, there's all the other opportunities to miss eye disease. And, and obviously, patients may or may not believe that this is a screener or that this is a screening for disease or that this is replacing a comprehensive eye exam. Uh, so there's all these other potential issues with it. Uh, we can go a lot deeper into those potential issues. I think the bottom line is that um, really what, what this is looking for is is this a way to renew your online prescription? If you look at their uh, website, they've got back to school sales for glasses and contact lenses, different codes, those sorts of things. I mean, clearly this is a challenge when you think about uh, patients' perception of what, they're, uh, of what they need to get. 
and what they get. But really, I view this incumbent upon us to be able to distinguish our services and what we're providing in our offices or via telehealth through other options to make that distinct difference in the patient's mind. And I think you can clearly do that. I, I would be shocked, and, and it's my problem, if a patient goes online to renew their uh, prescription and they walk away thinking that was the same thing or better than what they got in my office, that's a me problem. I haven't done a good job. Now, on the other side of how can we protect the patient, um, I think we protect the patient as best as we possibly can by being able to communicate with them, by being able to provide technologies, uh, consultation that they can't get from a remote app that's sort of self-guided. Um, if we're not doing a good job there, then I think we kind of, you know, we're going to be having problems. Otherwise, I think this is just sort of an extension of, of, um, of what we're seeing happen with technology. And we have to figure out ways to incorporate maybe an online uh, at-home vision test into our, the rest of the spectrum of care that we get. Or if we think that this is not something that's going to be a big uh, ad for our patients, maybe we don't incorporate that. So let's look at the difference between FDA registered, FDA cleared, and FDA approved. So when we think about the FDA registration, this is the process that visibly originally went through. And essentially what it does is you are telling the FDA that you are manufacturing a device or technology, and that FDA just keeps a list of that. And so it can be misleading to patients where you think that something is FDA registered, perhaps they think it's the same as FDA approved uh, or FDA cleared. Now, what FDA cleared means is specifically when a medical device is cleared, it has undergone a 510K submission, which the FDA has reviewed and then provided clearance to, to utilize that, uh, that, that technology or that device. Now, with FDA approval, specifically with class three medical devices, they can be legally marketed. Uh, in order to be legally marketed, they must undergo a rigor rigorous review and approval process. So following a submission and a pre-market approval, uh, and then a humanitarian device exemption or a humanitarian device exemption, the device is then approved by the FDA. So it's a little bit more rigorous of a process to have a device approved, uh, again, with a class three medical device. Now, with a class three medical device, what I wanted to do was kind of provide what, what does that look like? So some devices obviously may not ha need the full approval. So, so class three is a device that usually sustain or support life, are implanted or present a potential unreasonable risk of illness or injury. So examples include implantable pacemakers, breast implants, um, etc. Uh, when you think about class two, it's, it's basically most medical devices are class two. So these would be things like wheelchairs, pregnancy test kits. Um, and then class one would be devices with minimal potential for harm. So these would be like, these would be like enemas, elastic bandages. Um, so many, many medical devices might fall underneath that class uh, one medical device. So I think the bottom line for this is that uh, there has been some additional rigor that you may decide to utilize an at-home vision test. Invisibly seems to be using their device as part of another package to write new prescriptions or to have doctors uh, who are working in conjunction with them to write new prescriptions. And, uh, and I think there's a potential risk for patients in that, but that's really incumbent upon us to be able to take care of those patients. Doesn't mean we don't, don't kind of work from a, a regulatory standpoint to make sure that these devices are being used appropriately and the physicians that are using them 
are using them appropriately. But I think it's really incumbent upon us to make sure that we're differentiating what we're doing in our practice from what can be done from some of the technologies that are available remotely. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, have a great week. We'll see you on the next one.